it says keep moving forward. And that has been my motto for the last 10 years, right? Ever since I felt sick, it's about taking that step forward. Whether, you, whether you're moving forward is one inch at a time or one foot or one mile, you just got to keep moving forward. Even if you fall back two steps, you've got to just keep moving forward. And that's something I've always tried to embrace. And uh, we all have our different paces. We all have our different speeds. And uh, now this reminds me of another geeky, geeky quote from Batman Begins. And this is when Alfred looks to Bruce Wayne and asks, why do we fall? To learn to pick ourselves up. Yeah, and you know, keep moving forward doesn't mean that life is going to go straight up in a linear line, right? In a straight line. There are going to be downs. I think the best way to exemplify this is anyone just open up a 10-year chart of the S&P or stock market and you will see the stock market go up, but there are times where it's fallen significantly, but it always comes back up, right? Over time. So it's not going to be a straight line up. It's going to be, at some points, you're going to have super momentum. It's going to be uh, a great jump up and there are times it's going to be terrible like a lot of us uh, faced that six months ago how how we how we move on from here is going to be the big question for most of us Welcome to episode 9 of Seek to Speak's podcast. I'm Aisa, your host. And today, we have a very special guest, radio broadcaster, personal finance enthusiast, and content creator, Roshan Kanisan. This episode follows Roshan's self-expression journey from blogging about his medical condition, to vlogging his day-to-day, to now anchoring BFM Radio's heavyweight show, The Morning Run. It is such an incredible journey of triumph, motivation, and passion that you will be blown away by how powerful words can be and the responsibility that comes with it. This is truly an inspiring episode about overcoming hurdles through expression and finding your voice in the process. And speaking about expression, and before we get into this episode, I also want to tell all of you about a great podcast that I'm currently listening to and many of you should listen to as well. And it's called The Pendulum Show. It is an excellent podcast speaking on politics, current affairs, and hilarious topics like conspiracy theories and crazy headlines. Hosted by a bunch of witty guys, Yodin, Bamba, and Teva, you'll have so much fun listening to this podcast, but you will also learn loads in the process. They really deconstruct local issues in an easy and quite often hilarious way. Curious about them? Stay until the break to hear all about the show in person. I will link their podcast in today's show notes. But until then, here is the amazing and lovely Roshan Kanisan. All right, welcome to Seek to Speak's podcast, a podcast which aims to empower expressions, spark speeches, and instigate ideas. Today, we have a very special guest who is an excellent radio broadcaster. His name is Roshan Kanisan. He is a producer and anchor on BFM, a content creator, freelance moderator, as well as a personal finance enthusiast. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show, Roshan. My pleasure, Isa. Um, it has been, uh, I think, a long time coming. We've tried a few times here. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that third time was the charm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so. Yeah, this is going to be a really good one, I can tell, because of the amount of work that we put in for this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, good things come to those who wait. So, 
I know that you have always been passionate about self-expression, and even before joining BFM, you were very open about your life, your thoughts, your joys, your struggles. In fact, that's one of the reasons why you joined the radio station. You wanted to better learn to express yourself. Can you tell me a little bit about your self-expression journey from blogging to vlogging and now anchoring BFM's heavyweight show, The Morning Run? Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. It has been, uh, it really feels like a um, like a long time coming. But at the same time, it's also been one step at a time. Each time I explored a form of expression, it was for a reason, right? So when I started writing, this was in 2011. It was off the back of, uh, I had fallen sick and I had to drop out of uh, college at that point. I was doing the International Baccalaureate. And um, it was really just a way, and I had fallen sick, had a chronic illness. At that point, I was diagnosed with uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, and uh, later on, re-diagnosed as fibromyalgia. And it was really just about ex- really about expressing that and kind of talking my way through what was going on. It was just such a complicated situation. I felt like I failed. I felt like, you know, how could I have done this? Uh, I was beating myself up about it. And the more I wrote about it, the more people empathize with the situation and be like, no, you're not alone, right? You're not the only one who feels this way. And um, thank you for sharing your mistakes. Like people were, were, I think, happy to read and relate to someone else who was open about their mistakes. We're, so often we're not, right? We always try to hide our mistakes and be the, and portray the best image of ourselves. So it was from then on that I always tried to be as honest as possible, or at least not portray perfection. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in uh, the idea of perfection. So it started off uh, in that way and then the blog became Instagram, became a vlog, became uh, the internship at BFM and then, and here's where we are now. Oh, that's quite a journey that you have gone on. I mean, we're <laughs> looking at, you know, nine years ago. I mean, it's almost 10 years already you've been doing this. Maybe, I, maybe tell me a little bit about why expressing yourself because from the beginning, was it the case that you were writing down your experiences and then you immediately posted it? Or did you start with just writing it down in your own journal and then later deciding to take the step or courage to show it to the world? How did that process go? Oh, that's a good question. And if I'm being completely honest, I can't remember exactly what the motivation was. I remember wanting to express myself online and also uh, I remember a a bit and part of that reason was also I wanted to I found it very difficult to speak to people in person about what I was going through right to tell them how I felt and a lot of people uh, didn't know what I was going through I found writing an easier way to do it and it found and it was a way I could think my way through the emotions and the thoughts and the feelings and that that really did help out there and uh, and I and also just it's just an inert not inert uh an internal desire to express myself that's always been there i've always uh i've never shied away from talking i think a lot of my friends will (laughs) say that um for better or worse i'm quite a vocal person i'm quite a talkative person and uh you're at the right uh, job at least (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah for sure um and you know just expressing myself and my thoughts um sorry about that expressing myself and my thoughts about a variety of topics that interest me 
Uh, that's always been the case. The, the, the long-standing joke in, with some of my family friends, especially those who used to pick me up for school when I was six years old, uh, five years old going to kindergarten, was that I would broadcast whatever happened in the house the day before to the person who was taking me to school. <laughs> so I was already in the broadcast business back when I was five or six going to school. So a lot of my, one of my aunts who used to do this, uh, Auntie Vim, always jokes about that and say, oh, you're just, you're, you've just ended up where you were supposed to be. I find that quite funny. Yeah. It's a bit cute, but also a bit eerie sometimes. <laughs> I mean, you just have a larger audience now. Like. <laughs> but that's so, that's so interesting because not everybody feels the way that you do in a sense that they don't have that kind of passion and need to express themselves quite early on. And while at a very young age, it was easy for you to talk your way out of anything or to tell people your day I would imagine that sharing the difficulties of your life was quite difficult as well because when you said you said it yourself you found it very difficult to talk to the people you love in person about what you were going through but when it came to writing and expressing that in a blog it was much easier so did you ever like fear judgment because a lot of the time we have this fear that exposing our vulnerabilities make us look weak make people talk about us and most of the time a lot of people don't feel like they're being understood and they'll get replies like just suck it up you know so like what what did you tell yourself to make to make sure that um you didn't feel this fear oh yeah that that is a very very good question because that does happen right um I guess it's also with any good criticism, um, it's it's good to take the, I think, I can't remember who told me this, but you're never as good as people tell you you are, but you're never as bad as people tell you you are, right? <laughs> Absolutely right, so, yeah. Yeah, so when you're taking, taking a look at math, right, when you cal- calculate averages, you take out the outliers. If there are a few outliers, you discount them from the math because they're not representative of what you actually are or what the actual data represents. Um, uh, the joke I think I heard a few days ago was if there were 10 people in a bar and one person was Bill Gates, immediately everyone, by average, everyone's uh, net worth is a billionaire, right? <laughs> it, it, it's math. You take out Bill Gates from that and immediately you have a more representative number in terms of the average wealth in that room. And the same thing for what you hear, right? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a, again, double-edged sword. The, uh, feedback is very important, I believe. But receiving the feedback, there, there must be a way of um, doing it gently, right? You don't want to be too hard on yourself. Take the notes and... Um, and Like never let and it stop of, you from yeah. speaking out, but at the same time, control and be prepared for things that you may not like to hear. Um, yeah, but- that's, that's, actually, that's actually it, yeah. Yeah, when it comes to people, were, there were plenty of people who dismissed what I was going through, right? And that's that's you will feel it. You will definitely go through that. People who When tell you say you that dismiss, you are, what do you mean? Like they oh, didn't I'm believe the, pe- the pain. Yeah, they didn't believe that, that, um, they, uh, that I was lazy, not tired, right? That I was lazy, not fatigued. That I was, uh, that it was in my head. It was all sorts of things. And I'm sure um, that part of that was true, right? I'm sure that there was some level of uh, a correlation to uh, mental health and all of that. But it doesn't. It didn't explain everything that was going on, and um, I think dealing in absolutes was the problem back then. 
And also because awareness, right? People weren't sure it did, it, what was metabolic disease 10 years ago. People didn't really understand what it meant to not have energy, that your mitochondria weren't firing properly, that uh, that it was really just about the food that we were putting in our bodies and things like that. Um, for all intents and purposes, I had burnt myself out when I was in uh, when I was doing the IB. And uh, part of it is my fault, of course, because it came into, I was not being very healthy. I was not sleeping well. I was... Uh, staying up all night, I was not eat. I was really eating really bad. But you were also then. a young person, and you should be forgiven for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was trying to keep up with the with the Joneses, right? Like, I was trying to match what my peers were doing, so they could do all of that. So okay, like, I can do that as well, right? But I think this is where we have to be very attentive to our own individual needs as uh, as individuals, right? So the a bit of a longer backstory here was that I was I've had a lot of health problems my entire life so I was born with a hole in my heart so already as it is from a baseline standard uh, my health isn't up to par to my peers so trying to compete at that level is not going to do me any favours right because I'm borrowing um, that energy or that that stamina from somewhere and eventually it did catch up with me I was burning the candle at both ends with a uh, at at an existing reduced capacity but I didn't want to be honest with myself. I, di- I didn't want to acknowledge that. And that was a lot of um, ego, I think. It really was that I wanted to be, I wanted to be at that level. I wanted, like again, it comes back to the whole not being, uh, not, not accepting the uh, failure, right? Not, being, not wanting to lose. I didn't want to lose. I didn't want to lose at academics. I didn't want to lose at social. I didn't want to lose at hanging out with people or all these different things. And I was like, okay, now I sleep. I can sleep when, I, when I'm dead, right? That, <laughs> that's the thing we tell ourselves all the yes. time. Let me tell you, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. if, you are, if you are biologically uh, fortunate and you need six hours of sleep only, congratulations, well done. That's an incredibly powerful thing to have. But for most of us, I think being honest with your own capacity is very, very important. Yeah, so like, even that's really interesting to hear your story because when it came to expressing yourself it wasn't just an exercise of like telling people and putting your thoughts into paper but I think when you did that as well it allowed you to reflect on your life and maybe what you were not to say doing wrong but what you could do differently in order to feel better about yourself 100% that is actually that hits the nail on the not on the coffin sorry it hits the nail on the head (laughs) I don't, I'm not of sure death. where we went there. <laughs> Speaking of death, uh, but that, that's exactly it, right? The more I wrote and the more I, um, the more I reflected, the more I realized things and the more I thought about my mistakes and learned from them. And again, I'm not trying to evangelize myself here. It's we all make mistakes and we all go through it. And sometimes I was put in a position where I had to reflect on what I was going through. I'm not sure I would have done any of that if I had gone according to plan right what was my plan when i when when we had finished school which was to do the ib and then go off to college in the u.s and then become an investment banker that was the that was what i wanted when i was 18 years old that was wow (laughs) yeah it's a big difference we've got a different completely different tangent and um but it's so funny because since you were six you're like already good at what you're doing now and i think (laughs) that maybe to a certain extent it's just life pointing you in the correct direction because I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, because you are you you are doing so well. I mean, you are anchoring the heavyweight show morning run. Now let's look at what you do um, with BFM. 
So currently you are a producer and presenter with BFM and you are a presenter for the Morning Run show, which starts at 6am. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, which what you do is you do an immediate deep dive into the biggest headlines of the day. You decide which current issue to cover, which issue to analyze, what to call experts on. And you know, Morning Run is prime time TVs <laughs> or radio uh, because it's when everybody's on the road. Everybody's tuning in. I'm tuning in. The prime minister of the day or whoever it is <laughs> is tuning in. And it's so popular because it's a, it de- really deconstructs the latest headlines. It really helps us, the audience, understand this issue better. So instead of telling me how you do this, I want you to tell me what your usual day look like. Like maybe share a bit of your usual morning prep. Oh man, okay, sure. Let's uh, let's dive into this then. Um, let's start with when you sleep. <laughs> what time do you sleep the day before? All right. To the best of my ability, I try to sleep at 8, 8, 8 p.m., right? I try to sleep at 8 p.m. because I get up between 3.30 and 4 a.m. And uh, the show starts at 6, but we get in the office by 5, and which means that I need to leave the house at 4.30, which means I need to be up by 4 a.m., to get ready. Uh, 3.30, if I'm feeling particularly productive and I want to get a quick wow. workout in in the morning because the rest of the day gets away from you, uh, if, you if I don't do that. So yeah, so I sleep. I try my best to sleep at 8 a.m. But actually this week that we, are, that we are recording in right now, I've struggled to sleep at 8 a.m. I've gone to bed at 8, but I end up sleeping at like 10. And I think that's, uh, I need to figure out what's going on there. You have a lot of plans. <laughs> uh, maybe, but uh, it could be, up. I haven't been working out this week. So maybe maybe that's, I've got too much energy at night. So I need to But need that's to get also back good. That. You are so used to reflecting that you kind of recognize your body's needs and how to respond to that. So like when you're there at 4.30, why do you have to be there at 4.30 if it starts at 6? Um, so all right. what's so, next? So right, uh, I leave the house at around 4.30. Now, uh, for uh, full disclosure, right now BFM is going through their, uh, a rotational period, right? So I'm part of Team B, which means this week I'm not in, then next week I'm in the studio. So wh- let's talk about the weeks that I'm in the studio. And um, 4.30, leave the house, get there at about 5.00. Uh, we get in, we open up the newspapers, kind of settle down, get coffee. Most important thing, get some coffee. Uh, <laughs> that, needs, that needs to be... It's actually one of the first things I do. Uh, get the p- coffee pot brewing. Uh, um, for those of you who can't see us, sorry. You're also <laughs> drinking coffee now. <laughs> yes, yes, I was. Decaf though, decaf. It's a late in the afternoon. Um, yeah, so we're prepping. Uh, we're looking at the story. So we've prepped stuff from the day before, right? We've we've identified the topics we want to cover today. Uh, identified callers that we're gonna. And this is as, as a team. As a team, there are a few of us, six of six of us full time. I think. I don't don't so don't uh, the, take me. Who are these? Don't people? take my word on that. Are they just presenters so, as well, or also producers? Oh, a mix of producers and presenters. So before I w- went on air, I was a producer. And I have uh, there are three fellow producers of mine that we've worked together for the last two years, and there are. A few other, there are two other full-time presenters, uh, Wong Xiaoning and Lin Mark. And uh, if you're BFM listeners, you're probably familiar with them. And yeah. we have a few uh, part-timers or freelancers, or basically OG uh, BFM uh, presenters, oh, yes. morning presenters. So you've got Ku Su Chuang, Julian Ng, Noel Lim. Uh, they come in on uh, uh, when we need the support, right? So, but they only they only come in to present. So we're in at five. Uh, we're going through the prep for the day. Um, 6 a.m. we are on air 
already. The 6 to 7 is the 6 a.m. stretch, which is more of a chill, warm-up kind of situation. That's why it's called the 6 a.m. stretch. The first two, the first half hour is more of just like taking a look at some stories that interest us, whether it's productivity-related or about life. or. So that's not um, really current. That's not really current, right? So that's 6 to 6.30. 6.30, we hit international headlines, just some things that we find interesting. 6.45, we take a look at the local papers and the portals, um, just as to give people a kind of view of what different papers are covering. And uh, 7 a.m. is when the, the show really kicks off, right? So we get into the, the main show, which is that we get into the markets, then we get into the current affairs of the day, and that takes us up till 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock is the breakfast grill, which is BFM's primetime uh flagship show right this is prime time on, on prime time <laughs> prime time on prime time it is it is super prime time right uh, 8 a.m is that golden hour for for radio so that's the breakfast grill then we come back in and we talk some more between 8 30 and 9 9 o'clock the market's open so we're taking a look at the klci numbers some stock stories some uh, corporate reports things like that 9 30 the show changes depending on the day uh, so I do Ring and Sense that's 9.30 on Thursday so on Thursdays at 9.30 we've got Ring and Sense and the 9.30 show changes from day to day so it's kind of like a weekly um, a weekly situation so Monday is Pressing Matters Tuesday and Wednesday is BBC World Service Thursday is Ring and Sense Friday is the property show 10 o'clock the show ends and then we start prepping for the next day oh you immediately so the prep the day before is right after the show yeah, we gotta identify what we what we are things that we are likely to talk about tomorrow. Guests we need to we need to book in advance. Um, you know, some guests take maybe an hour to book or maybe a minute to book because we we know them. Some can take an entire day to confirm. Uh, then it comes to drafting questions because we, we have, the questions are really important. Uh, so for the seven to eight hour, we we say okay, this is the these are kind of things we want to talk about. And uh, it, really, it prep starts at 10. It's really quick. It's like non-stop <laughs> yeah. from like 3 a.m. Workout, go to office. Hey guys, I'm Yodin. I'm Bamba. And I'm Peva. And together we are The Pendulum Show. So Bamba, what do you talk about on The Pendulum Show? Well, some of the things we talk about are current affairs, Malaysian politics, we review movies and even conspiracy theories. Yodin, what makes us different? We present two sides of the coin and like a pendulum would swing side to side and try to give a holistic picture of the topics that we discuss every week. Check out our latest episode with Melinda Ann, a representative from Parliament Digital where we discuss women participation in politics in Malaysia. Actually, speaking about your passion and like your niche, I'm going to skip right up and talk about actually uh, Ringgit and Sense, uh, <laughs> a show about personal finance. It's one of the most popular segment with a huge cult following on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I don't know if you've seen it yourself, but on Apple Podcasts, you guys are one of the highly rated and listened to show. So if you have top 10, it's, you know, Ringgit and Sense is always there. So this is wow, a show... Wow, didn't know that. Thank you for telling yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Congrats. Uh, so this is a show that you personally produce as well as host. And I understand that personal finance is something that you feel quite passionate about. Uh, do you think passion is something that is necessary to produce great content? I think it certainly helps. I think passion allows you to take that extra mile. But passion isn't the be-all and all of everything, right? You've got to be hardworking. You've got to have the basic competencies to do things because you can have... Uh, but passion definitely does help. I think it lends into my voice. It lends into the my natural interest, into the topic. And Was finding this passion easy for you? Because I... 
Well, I don't imagine you being a six-year-old saying that. I want to know how to save. I want to teach people how to. You know, I don't imagine anybody doing that. So, when you say that it is something that you are passionate about, how did this passion grow into what it is today? Okay, this is the existential question because I can never really answer this one. It's not the first time someone's tried to delve in here because I've always been. Interested in money, one way or the other, right? Even as a child, um, I used to be very conscious around the allowance I got, and I used to save money from the time I was going to school. I think from the time eight or nine was when I was getting allowance, and I would save that money so that I could uh, put it in the bank or something like that. And I had a my mom used to do the accounts at the dining table, and I would watch her do it. And I'm like, oh, what's this? And then I would ask her questions about it, and I, I was always interested in the money flows and how things worked. And growing up. Uh, I was always surrounded by um, my dad's friends, my parents' friends, who would talk about economics and politics and things like that. And I believe—I cannot say this for a fact—but I believe that also lent its situ- uh, lent uh, a helping hand in this natural interest about money and business and finance and <laughs> economics and all of that. Um, yeah, so it really is a very—it's been a interesting time. But uh, I think it—it, it, as far as I can remember, I've always had. A keen interest in money and also how to earn money, how to generate uh, revenue, how to uh, interest in the bank, things like that. I think the first time someone, one of the most important lessons I think someone taught me was about interest. I think it was one of my uncles who I lent money to uh, for a short term, for a short time. And when he returned the money to me, I think it was fifty ringgit. When he returned it back to me, he gave me like fifty one, and that was quote unquote interest. <laughs> right? It's like no, always remember that there's there's a cost to money. And that's when I started learning these little things, right? So, um, as much as I would like to say that it's always been there, um, I've also been surrounded by pointers, right? I've also also been surrounded by uh, an environment that has, I guess, lent itself uh, to this to this passion, this, to this topic. To be fair, I have two younger siblings. One's two years younger than me. One's nine years younger, and they don't have the same natural affinity to money and business and things like that. So, who knows, really? No, I, I like your explanation because a lot of people think that passion is something that you immediately know and you're immediately good at. And I really wanted the. I like the fact that your answer illustrated that it's not always clear, and it's something that you may have maybe a little bit of interest and affinity for at the beginning, but it's something that you actually cultivate and work on along the way. So it's also. False to say that passion is something that you immediately get when you are very young, and if you're thirty or forty and you haven't found that passion, you don't have a passion. That's absolutely not true. You can develop a passion at any age, and it's just being aware of the nuances or the things that really make you tick or the things that you enjoy. And um, basically, I didn't. I never understood what my passion was until a few years ago, right? So I went through my life not not having a particular interest in many things or or, or personal finance or or communication or media, and uh, only did I realize a few years ago after I wrote a particular piece actually that my passion was in expression. I didn't realize it until that point until I wrote a piece about passion doesn't matter, and I that I you found the passion. That I, That's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I I still believe that. Passion isn't the be-all and all of things, right? I think you can do great things without being passionate about it. I think it comes down to your skill, your work ethic. Passion helps for sure, but your skill and your work ethic is way more important than that. Your ability to grind things out, to be patient, to to also let's not let's not underestimate the power of luck and timing and a lot of yeah. things. There are plenty of people who have who work very hard, who, uh, but don't hit the same 
wavelength or same uh, momentum as someone who may have been at the right place at the right time, right? The classical example is, um, or not the classical, but one of the big examples was the iPad. It was launched in 2011, but 10 years before that, when a form of a tablet was uh, was was mooted and launched by another company, it didn't pick up. Now, there are many, many uh, facets to that, whether it's also the device itself, but time and place, right? Because the, maybe the world just wasn't ready, ready. for touchscreen tablets and things like that. No, that's a very humbling advice. That's really good advice that sometimes if you don't find passion, that's okay, you know, as long as you have work ethics, as long as you're disciplined and you still what you do, you don't have to waste your life searching for it. And sometimes when also when it comes to speaking, if you don't have a natural affinity for it, doesn't mean it's something that you cannot do. It is also, like you said, about your work ethics and the amount of work that you decide and effort that you decide to put into the skill to make you a good speaker. So it's okay if you're stuttering or if you, care, if you fear judgment, that is part of the process. I think everybody on BFM has like <laughs> their own like sort of like personality and I think you have a great dynamic with all of your teammates as well on the morning run. What I really want to know is that it feels like everybody is so talented on BFM. It feels like they all went to like some top secret radio <laughs> like boot camp and then they came out of it with like great English, no stuttering, amazing voices, super confident. Like what advice would you tell people who find it difficult to develop their own voice? Like, were, is everybody on the show just naturally talented? No, I mean, I mean, if it took me time, uh, till today, I won't, tell, I won't ever say that I'm super talented or anything like that, right? We all, we all start at some base and we improve, right? So I think this relates to an earlier point we were talking about. You just got to start and improve. Mm. Now, if you are just talking to yourself, that, then do that, right? Um, if, even if it's just talking in the mirror, it, don't, <laughs> don't, like, don't underestimate the power of that. Because you, it's, it's practice makes better, not perfect. I don't believe in perfection, but practice makes better and you need to keep improving. Uh, and, you know, sometimes just recording yourself um, and then watching it can be very helpful in terms of uh, speech patterns, in terms of presenting. These are all different things. And that's how you develop. You develop your own voice through doing, not by I mean, you can think about it as well, but through practice and doing, uh, you start to develop your own voice. I won't say my voice is fully developed yet, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are different things and different projects in line for, for me in the future. And the the voice also, it depends on the topic or at least the what hat I'm wearing, uh, quote unquote, right? So mm. if I'm wearing a breakfast grill hat, it's a different voice. If I'm wearing a ring and sense hat, it's a different voice. And that comes with practice. I mean, if I listen to my first breakfast grills, I cringe because uh, <laughs> I didn't have the experience I have today. And I bet you in two years time, when I listen to my breakfast grills today, I will also cringe. You know what? Oh my God, I... <laughs> completely agree when i hear back at my first episode for this podcast <laughs> i cringe i literally i'm always so close to deleting it <laughs> yeah no and this is where i'll say it so this is why i still have my my vlog is still online right although it's today when i look back at it i want to just kick myself but i want that to be up there because it was my journey right if i watched mm. the first episode of the vlog i used the front-facing camera of an iphone 5s <laughs> okay with no external microphone nothing <laughs> It was terrible, um, but it's the start. I, didn't, I couldn't even look at the camera at that time. I was too shy to do so. It took me 
a year of vlogging. Sorry, it took me a month or two months or three months of consistent vlogging to get used to looking at the camera. And then it took me time to get used to, um, well, I guess not being shameless and walking around Monash campus with a vlog rig, by the way. You want to learn how to not care about people's opinions? That's how you do it. What is a vlog rig? What is that? A vlog rig, right? So basically the the handheld tripod attached to my my camera, which was a Canon G7X with the flip screen up. And oh I'm my walking God, you're one it. of those. I was that. I was that person. I was, I was, that was how I was doing the vlogs. And even when I was traveling, I, w- I would take the camera with me. And uh, that was the situation. That's what I was doing. And it was by practice. It was by consistency. And, and most importantly, by failure, right? Because um, failure is not a bad thing, especially, and, not, and definitely not a bad thing if you're learning from it, right? Um, unfortunately... Yeah. Uh, the, the reality of the situation is that sometimes failure comes with consequences and those are the things that you can't yeah. hide from, right? Failing at an exam means you have to repeat the exam. Those are the consequences of it. Now you need to learn how to deal with that situation. So in the situation of the vlog, failure meant less views, you know, that sort of situation or a, a bad comment or a thumbs down at that point. Uh, yeah. Oh, I really like that. Sometimes a lot of people think that, oh, oh my God, if I fail, my life is going to be ruined. But actually, <laughs> it's super low stakes. Like you want to start a YouTube channel, you're super scared to do it. But really, you're going to find out that it's harder to get people to view your, <laughs> your video rather than some mean comment on it. So, so I really like the fact that you shared their journey also because you're currently doing a lot of videos for BFM so it's (laughs) nice to see where you started out and it's also a reminder of where you were and now you know with your suit doing the market (laughs) watch and then you know you did a few videos as well with um, one of the the insurance company I can't I can't remember what it was so that was another video segment so you've come a really long way from that so I guess what my maybe my one of my last questions would be asking you how has this whole process of two years being able to express yourself in many ways and having a really large platform and audience to do it changed you like coming in as an intern and not not to say exiting but where (laughs) you are now as an anchor of the heavyweight show what was probably the most fundamental change or takeaway that you have gotten from this experience? All right. Um, I think first and foremost, it's a very humbling experience, right? And what happens is you gain a, a greater respect for your words. I think the, the more you develop, the more you realize the power that words potentially have. And uh, not just words, apparently barks as well, because my dog seems to want to get a word in as well. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it, 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 it's, it's, I think the biggest lesson here is the power of words and the power of expression, the power of voice. Because, you know, whether it's through Ring and Sense or The Daily Show, uh, but let's just use Ring and Sense as a base point. I've had messages from people telling me it's helped them or they're interested in finances now because of that or it was relatable or they enjoyed it. There is a power in connection and we must, it's very humbling and you, I have a greater respect for that ability and a greater appreciation for it more than ever. Uh, I don't take my, I try my best not to say silly things, uh, nonsensical things, although I am prone to errors and just, I'm just human, but I try my best to respect that and respect and appreciate that, you know? And I think also um, in general, when it comes to expression, I think uh, individually, um, I guess we have to kind of know who we are as well, right? And uh, 
you know, some people are introverts, but extroverted when it comes to expression. Or I'm naturally an extrovert, so I think that also plays into my my larger situation here. But I think that ties back to the previous point of, well, even if you're an introvert, there is a way to get it done, right? You can practice and you can slowly build yourself yeah. up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like words have tremendous power. It has the power to change nations, change people. So the fact that you have a platform to do it is is really good that you feel a sense of responsibility that you will make sure that you don't talk nonsensically. Actually, that's that's <laughs> what it is, right? It's a, it's a sense of responsibility and I cannot help but let my geek side out here and say, uh, it reminds me a lot of Spider-Man. With great power oh comes God. great responsibility. It really does. I think <laughs> nothing encapsulates that that point better. And uh, I said you have a perfect vantage point of my setup behind me and all my geeky paraphernalia. Yeah, here. yeah, he's absolutely okay. Just so you know, what I what I see is like so many bunch of like action figures from like Marvel as well as um, I don't know. Is that a signed copy from like a Marvel Star or comic? Yeah. So he's an actual. He 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 is legit an actual fan. So he probably lives by that code. <laughs> with responsibility, sorry, with power comes a lot of responsibility. So, well, what's next for you, Roshan? Like, how can people find you and connect with you? What are some of the things that you're currently working on that people can look forward to? Oh man, isn't that the question? What's next? Um, I mean, anything is possible, right? I I've, I mean, I never thought I'd be here. Five years ago, ten years ago, never thought that this was going to be the situation. I always. I guess for me, looking forward, there you, there are always different paths, right? And I guess how things kind of play out kind of uh, will kind of decide the path. But I know there are a few options in front of me in terms of, uh, or at least not options, but a, a few ways things things can go. Now, for the, as in uh, <clears throat> in terms of how to connect with me, uh, I mean Instagram and Twitter are my two most active platforms. Uh, they're both just Roshan Kanesan. You can search me up there. I've also got a Facebook page, uh, Roshan Kanesan, which I've just started for the more uh, public stuff. I'm trying to get more, I'm trying to do more live streams and interviews on digital platforms. I think that's really what's next, my, some personal projects of my own. And just it's just also, for me, I guess it really comes down to expression as well. I'm just looking for my next way of, express, of expression. And uh, that, I think, really does come down to little videos that I'm trying to put up on Instagram and uh, on Twitter and all those, uh, all that stuff. And I don't know if you can see one of, the, uh, one of the photos behind me or one of the artwork here. It says, keep moving forward. And that has been my motto for the last 10 years, right? Ever since I felt sick, it's about taking that step forward. Whether, you, whether you're moving forward is one inch at a time or one foot or one mile, you just got to keep moving forward. Even if you fall back two steps, you've got to just keep moving forward. And that's something I've always tried to embrace. And uh, we all have our different paces. We all have our different speeds. I mean, I wasn't moving. I felt like I wasn't moving anywhere for a good six, seven years. And then the last two, three years has gone by like that and has been, it's been so fast. So just these little things, right? And uh, now this reminds me of another geeky, geeky quote from Batman Begins. <laughs> And this is when Alfred looks to Bruce Wayne and asks, why do we fall? To learn to pick ourselves up. So I guess hopefully this doesn't, this doesn't sound too personal finance, uh, personal development wishy-washy, but that's also kind of one of my things that I like uh, paying attention no, to. No, right? like this, this whole thing is personal development. I really like that mantra of keep moving forward. And I think that a lot of people would benefit from getting that perspective of like, it doesn't have to be a big leap. It can be a small inch as long as you are facing forward upwards and onwards you are yeah. going in the right direction absolutely and i love and the quote at the end. 
Yeah, and you know, keep moving forward doesn't mean that life is going to go straight up in a linear line, right? In a straight line. There are going to be downs. I think the best way to exemplify this is anyone just open up a 10-year chart of the S&P or stock market and you will see the stock market <laughs> go up, but there are times where it's fallen significantly, but it yeah. always comes back up, right? Over time. So it's not going to be a straight line up. It's going to be, at some points, you're going to have super momentum. It's going to be uh, a great jump up. And there are times it's going to be terrible. Like a lot of us uh, faced that six months ago. Yeah. How, how, we, how we move on from here is going to be the big question for most of us. Yeah, so invest in the long term. Don't take out your money when it goes down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely one of my favorite things to, to, to say yeah. to tell everyone. Invest for the long term. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, to end this session, this episode, I always ask all of my guests, even though I think you've already answered it because you are the embodiment <laughs> of expression. Roshan, why do you seek to speak? I seek to speak. I think uh, ultimately it comes down to helping people learn. And I know that sounds very self-righteous or something like that, but it really is I... I'd like to, okay, I personally like to express myself. I think that's just the way I operate. But I also want to do so in a constructive way, right? I want to help people learn. I want to, I want to, if someone wants to learn something, I want to be able to instruct them and help them and uh, shed a bit of light on a particular topic. And I think that's kind of where I, where a lot of my content seems to drive towards who knows maybe i'll be a lecturer in 10, 20 years at some point. But uh, um, it, that's, I think, why <laughs> I seek to speak. Oh, the next Batman. I mean, you are a vigilante <laughs> trying to trying to help the world. You have a noble cause and intentions. Oh, but Batman has such a sad story, though. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I, okay, I, I no. don't want to be Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But you have so many other characters to choose from. <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Roshan, for this episode. I think it was really one of the most inspiring one we had. And I know you said self-development wishy-washy, but I actually think a big part of why you do what you do is because you see the effect of your words and your stories and your struggles have on people and how it inspires and empowers people to do and be better. So I'm really, really excited and really looking forward to all of the good content and videos that you're going to put up next. And I'm going to make sure to put all of your links into this episode show notes. So guys, please check him out. He's an amazing person. And more than anything, he's absolutely lovely and he's absolutely nice. So please, please reach out. He will you're, reply. You're too kind, Isa. And uh, that's really, really super humbling. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Hey guys, thank you for listening until the end. Here, I wanted to really thank everyone who listened to as well as shared our two-part special about mental health. It was an episode that really meant a lot to me because while doing the interviews, I not only connected with all of the people I spoke to, but I found myself opening up as well about things that I didn't even realize I felt. And since sharing the episode, I have had people tell me about how the episode sparked conversations with their family and friends about their own experiences and struggles. And really, that's the power of sharing and the power of stories. So if you haven't heard it yet, please, please do. And if this is something you would like more of, please let me know. And talk to me on our socials at seek to speak or email me at helloseektospeak at gmail.com. I am always willing as well as happy to get your feedback. So until the next episode, take care and stay safe, guys. Thank you.